Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Love Rules. Today's message is called, The Center Will Hold. Our text is from Mark, the 13th chapter, the first through the second verses, and then the 32nd through the 37th verses. As he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. Verse 32, But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves the house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. The temple in Jerusalem, a mountain of white marble adorned in gold, had been rebuilt and remodeled by Herod some 15 years before Jesus was born. It was a stunning sight with sprawling courtyards and colonnaded courts and grand porches and covered walkways. So when his disciples admired it, Jesus' response really kind of frightened them. He said, this temple will be destroyed. As a matter of fact, the time will come when everything you consider solid, stable, or dependable will actually fall apart. If you put your trust in the things of the world, you will be terribly disappointed. The disciples may have been like many in their time who believed the temple would stand forever. I mean, this was the second temple in Jerusalem. The first, built by King Solomon, was destroyed and when the Babylonians invaded. It was thought that Herod's temple, built bigger and better, could withstand anything. There was a hint of pride in that unnamed disciple who first pointed to the structures. This was an architectural wonder of the Roman world, the most impressive structure of its time. But Jesus said, don't put your trust in stuff in this world because stuff is here today and gone tomorrow. The disciples pushed Jesus. They wanted to know more. This was scary kind of talk. When will this be? What will be the sign? Jesus said, that shouldn't be your concern either. You'll hear folks telling you all sorts of things. You'll be lied to. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to face hard times. You live in a broken world where many things will fall apart. This text is referred to as the little apocalypse because it points to similar warnings about the end times that you'll see in the books of Revelation and Daniel. There are a number of places in the Bible that predict wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and famines. It shows you that that will be the sign of the beginning of the end, Judgment Day. This is particularly timely and poignant for us who live today because we are living in some rough times when so much seems to be falling apart. 
I think about the poem written by W.B. Yeats at the end of the First World War. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed and everywhere ceremony of innocence is drowned. Haunting words for a war that was so horrific the world believed it would end all wars. They had no way of knowing about the Second World War or Hiroshima or Vietnam or the World Trade Center bombing or the Boston Marathon bombings. They, they could not foresee the Indonesia tsunami or Katrina or the Oklahoma tornadoes. It seems that things have been falling apart over and over and over again. Does this mean we are facing imminent judgment? Reverend Liz, are you getting ready to predict the end of times right there on the radio? I don't know. I don't want to know about the end of times. But for those of us who love Jesus, this is a sign to which we need to pay attention. When these horrible, horrific events occur, they're going to shake up the world. But for those of us who love the Lord and live according to God's purpose, they are a reminder that nothing is permanent about this life on earth. All of us, even those of us who are believers, have a love affair with this world. We forget this ain't our home, folks. Jesus reminds us we should keep our focus on our true destination, the culmination of our spiritual lives, the return of Jesus and the keeping of God's promise of our salvation. That is our journey, and it is still on track. That's what Jesus tells the disciples. Don't worry about the hour of the day. You just keep alert. You stay awake. You can find this command throughout the New Testament. Matthew 24, stay awake. Luke 21, stay awake at all times. Revelation 15, blessed is the one who stays awake. Well, what does it mean to stay awake? Does it mean you're supposed to be looking up in the sky for Jesus to float down on a chariot? Is there some passive vigil we all must keep? No, 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 no. It means you keep your focus on Christ. You keep centered on Jesus 24-7. Stay awake. Keep watch. That's what Jesus teaches the disciples in this text. This is about being alert, paying attention, keeping your eye on the center. And Jesus is the center of everything. Colossians 1.15, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. He holds all creation together. The center will hold. Come on now. The center will hold. That means salvation in the end times, and in the meantime, that gives us guidance, comfort, and protection. Let's go back to Mark. Jesus says, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, don't be alarmed. No matter what you hear, remain calm. Evil is rampant in the world. It produces its own terror. Not only is it not productive to worry, Oswald Chambers, the tough love theologian who, who guides my life, says fears are actually sinful. We create our own fears by forgetting to focus on our faith. If you focus on Jesus, those fears should dissipate. It takes time, and sometimes you have to move despite the fear. But anybody who totally identifies with Jesus Christ, you may still suffer from fear, but you really shouldn't. It doesn't mean we're, we're not going to have struggles. We are going to struggle like everybody else. We're probably going to struggle more than everybody else. Jesus reminded us, oh, no, 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 you're going to have troubles. But here's how we prepare for it. We work on being so closely aligned with Jesus that no matter what happens, our grip is firmly on the center, and the center 
well whole. Most of our lives are lived hanging out on the periphery of faith. You know, you come to church, you sit in the back, you, you pay a tithe, and then you go home, and that's about it. We know a little something-something about the Word, but we still don't probe what the Word means for us. We're familiar with Jesus, but we still don't understand, nor do we desire that intimacy or depth of a relationship with Jesus, because that takes some work. That takes some exercise. Life on the periphery is really kind of life on the conscious level. Consciously serving, consciously connecting. Uh, That's kind of the immature walk. That's the beginning of the walk. Maturity comes when our spiritual lives grow into the unconscious level. Hear me now. That's where the Holy Spirit works. That is when our lives are so totally surrendered to God that we're not even aware of being used by him. And then when all hell breaks out as it is prone to do, we are so centered that we roll through it while others are lost and in despair, we can actually rejoice, not in our circumstances, but in our relationship with Jesus. If we can't be centered on Jesus, nothing else matters. Only through this relationship do we realize that our physical needs are secondary to our spiritual ones. Even when Job was at his lowest physical point, he realized he didn't need healing as much as he needed the healer. When We pray we give God a chance to work in this unconscious realm. When we study the word and really meditate on it, God is working in this unconscious realm. Moving to the center is not just about memorizing the word. It's about knowing the word. It's not just believing in God. It is believing God. It's not just being familiar with Christ, but making Christ your priority. That's what gives you hope. In the midst of despair, that's what gives you joy. In the midst of madness, being centered on Christ, allowing you to live a life of faith so that when things fall apart, you know the center will hold. I took a tour of the World Trade Center uh, remains in New York City recently, and I suggest you take it no matter who you are and where you live. And if you go to see the base of what's left of the World Trade Center, the memorial, you will see the slurry walls. These are walls that are in the deepest bowels of this site, concrete slabs that are really not a part of the building. They're kind of the undergirding of the building. They are the foundation of the foundation, if you will. They're built to withstand the water tables way beneath those twin towers. They were built at the very core, the very center of this site. And despite the worst disaster on American shores since Pearl Harbor, where thousands of people were killed and the entire nation was terrorized on September 11th, a greater disaster, a greater disaster, which would have been the flooding of the subways and the killing of tens of thousands more, was actually averted because of these slurry walls. You see, they had a foundation. They were centered there, and the center held. My prayer for you this morning is that you will become so immersed in Christ, so close to God, that you will be blessedly assured this center will hold no matter what you face. Let's pray. 
Jesus, we give you glory and praise because you offer us this closer relationship with you. And so, Lord, our, our, our desire, our desperate plea is to grow closer and closer and closer to you so that no matter what happens in our lives, the center will hold. In your precious name, amen. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. And we are thrilled to extend this special invitation to join us for our fall revival when we proclaim These Bones Shall Live, October 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, starting at 7 p.m. at Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Thank you.